you can find previous recordings on our website. <laughs> um, yeah, so to try and keep that text open in front of you as we go. Um, I wonder uh, what you think of the Bible in this room. I know there's a, ra- a range of views, I think. Um, is it a book to be respected, but maybe you've never read it yourself? Um, is it a self-help book? Um, is it a, a pointless book that's just been on one of your family's bookshelves and gathering dust? Um, we probably feel quite sure about what we think about the Bible, but have we all read it? Have we actually read it? Even Christians can go around being Christians for years and never actually read the Bible. Um, one of the core values of this church is that we're Bible-centred. So in the solar system of our life as a church, as we circle around, it's the Bible at the centre, uh, keeping us on the right path. <clears throat> and why? It's because God wrote a book. If God wrote a book, everything in it is absolutely precious gems. Um, the one who spoke my life into existence and this universe wrote a book so we're going to read it. It's the most influential book in all of history. Um, it's changed nothing. No other book has changed culture and humanity as much as this book. But what's it about? What is the story of the Bible? I think that's a question we often don't ask. We just assume what's this religious text that we get some help from. But what's the story? And today we'll find out. Our little passage is good. And it talks about the protagonist, the main character of the Bible. And it gives us an overview of the message of the Bible as well. Shush! Uh, so who's his main character? Uh, it's the Word. All right? John chapter 1. Could I find it myself? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. This is like a, a nickname that's been given to him. Because it describes who he is. Um, what do words do? What do words actually do? In our, in our lives, what do words do? And they reveal things. Nathan, you're crap at football. What does that reveal to you? It's revealed that Nathan plays football and that I'm not a very nice person. <laughs> right? So words reveal things. Um, and so every word we speak reveals something about us, about the world around us, uh, about who we're talking to, about anything. Words reveal things. And so the first thing I want us to know about this guy called the Word is that he's all about revealing. He reveals. Uh, let's read verse one again. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. So he was God, but he was also with God. That implies separate from God as well. So there's something going on there. He was God himself, but he was with God. I wouldn't say I'm with myself, would I? So there's something going on there. Um, That's a big lot of theology we'll get into as we go through this book. Um, He was with God in the beginning, verse 2. So John is pointing us right back to the start. In the beginning, he says it twice. And 
If we go to the first words of the Bible, page one. Although there's a lot of contents and stuff beforehand. In the beginning, same words. God created the heavens and the earth. And then it goes on to describe God creating the universe and our place as the pinnacle of his creation. That's what chapter one of the Bible is all about. Our passage is making the connection right back to Genesis. And it's saying before the universe began, this guy, the word was there. He was there in the darkness before there was anything. And I'll talk about the queen again. The queen was a woman with a lot of authority. I think we agree that. Um, She'd say words, give commands and things would happen. If she said to the royal servants, tonight I want the chef to cook a roast dinner with extra Yorkshire puddings. She'd know she'd be getting a roast dinner with extra Yorkshire puddings. When she gives a command, it happens and she doesn't need to lift a finger. She doesn't need to worry. It will happen. She's obeyed. Now, you and me don't have that kind of authority. When I say that to Chelsea, she tells me to jog on. She doesn't take that very well. But this first chapter of the Bible is similar to the Queen speaking. God speaks and things happen. How did God create the universe? He wasn't sitting there moulding it together. He was just speaking and things happened. Verse 3 of chapter 1 of Genesis. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. He speaks and it happens Then verse 9, another example. Then God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear over there. And it was so. Such power, he just speaks and it happens. That is real power. When the queen spoke, people had to go about and do stuff. And at the end of it all, she had a nice roast dinner. But when God speaks, things come into existence just by the very nature of speaking. God's words create things. And so what we're seeing is words of God in the beginning created the universe. And that's why our character in John is named the word. In the beginning was the word. Jesus was those words speaking. They're one and the same thing. So that means that you exist and I exist because God and the word, this guy from John, created us. Humans and life only exist because the word, this guy, the word, brought it into existence. Um, Verse four uh, says this, oh, verse three, sorry, says this even more clearly of John now, not Genesis. Um, In him was life and that life was the light of men. Light and life come from the word. You're here sitting in this room because the word created you. He also created the chair you're sitting on, uh, the oxygen you're breathing, this building and everything. We're breathing because Jesus put the oxygen in our lungs. So we've learned two things about the word. He creates. He was there at the beginning. He created everything. Everything was made through him. And he reveals, the word reveals things. We know this guy, the word, by another name. 
The word is just a helpful nickname to help us understand him. The word is Jesus. Jesus, the fella knocking about 2,000 years ago, who was killed by the Romans on a wooden cross, is the word. The guy who created the universe and reveals loads of things to us, it's Jesus. And so when we talk about revealing things, what does he reveal? When I insulted Nathan, I was revealing that I'm not a very nice person. Um, Well, Jesus, he reveals God. He says he was with God in the beginning. He is God. So the thing that he reveals to us is himself, is God, the one that we can't really access by any normal means because he's too massive for our understanding, too holy. But the word reveals him. And the book of John, his main job is going through and revealing God to us through the person of Jesus. That's what we'll be looking at the next few weeks. Um, Which is great because we'll get to see the creator of the universe who spoke light into existence through a guy who's relatable like us, who ate food, who got thirsty, who was like us. But let's uh, not think about what we're going to do later. Let's look at what we're doing now. Um, Read verse four again. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. In the beginning, before the universe was created, it was darkness. Scientists will agree. Total darkness, emptiness, nothingness, not even particles. But then in an instant, when God speaks, the entire universe was created in a flash of light and energy. And since that point in time, darkness has never won back its dominion. The universe has expanded to these massive distances and the darkness has never been able to pull back. The darkness has never won. And the powerful one who created all the light in the universe also is the light to men, the light to humanity in a spiritual way. He shines in darkness. So in a sense, we can trust that this light into the life of men is powerful because it's the same guy who brought light into the universe and the darkness has never overcome that. (laughs) One thing you'll have to uh, uh, get used to in this church is ignoring Daniel as a distraction. But it's, uh, it's good. We, we love having kids. Hopefully there'll be more kids distracting us later. Um, uh, so, I wonder what your life is like. Would you describe it as full of light and life or often overcome with darkness? Jesus, who created you and me, uh, he's like a floodlight If you've seen a really dark rugby pitch at night and then they turn on the floodlights, big industrial switch and the lights turn on and it's just incredible, isn't it? Lights up the world. He brings, Jesus brings colossal light into absolute darkness. Um, So this life, even for Christians, is full of difficulty. It's full of darkness. 
Um, some of you have gone through pain I can't grasp. Um, but this light, the light from Jesus, is hope in the darkness. Um, I think a good analogy is like a group of miners lost in a cave. They've run out of oil for their lamps or batteries for their torches. And they're just trapped in utter darkness. But as they scramble around, they find a tunnel. And at the end of the tunnel is light. That is hope that would fill them to scramble towards the light. And um, when Jesus says he's our light, he brings that kind of hope for this life right now. We can run to the end because we know the light that's coming. The light of a floodlight on a dark rugby pitch. So Jesus promises hope and joy now in this difficult life. While we're still in the caves. And then life forever, even once our bodies are chucked in the ground. All we have to do is live in the light. And the light's on offer for everyone in the room. All you need to do is switch on the light. The issue is, this is the issue. The issue is, is that actually we, by nature, love the darkness Because the darkness, although a horrible place to live in, is also where we can do what we want. It's where we can think what we want. No one can see us in the dark. No one can know our evil thoughts. We can hide our selfish actions. We can indulge ourselves to our heart's content. God be stuffed. I'm doing what I want. No one can see me. So when you, obviously metaphorical, when you turn on that light switch to receive Jesus, to reveal the wonder of God, life eternal, hope now, your darkness is also revealed. You're standing under a floodlight and you're going, that's amazing. But he also reveals that you're in darkness and you know it really in your heart. Um, So turning on that light switch... What that means, turning on the lights, which coming a Christian, turning to God, is being willing to turn away from the darkness in your life. It's saying, this darkness, I don't want it anymore because I want to, live, I want to be in the light. That's where hope and life and Jesus is. Now, the good thing is, we're actually rubbish at dealing with our own darkness. But Jesus, he can deal with it. So he doesn't just light up our darkness, but he says, I'll deal with that. He's dealt with mine and he's dealing with it in my daily life. Um, He destroys darkness with light. That's what he's all about. Beginning of the universe. He destroyed the darkness by speaking. The light came into the world. And that's what we'll do in our lives too. Um, So it's not something you can do on your own. You can't just get rid of darkness on your own. You need to say to him, yes, this is my evil. You can see it. I can see it. But I'm choosing you and I'm turning away from this stuff. And if that's your attitude, if that's the the attitude of your heart, Jesus will be the light that shines in your darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. You turn that light on and repent and he'll deal with your darkness and guilt for you. Being a Christian is not about being good and trying to get rid of little bits of darkness in your life and hopefully God will be happy with you. But it's crying, I want the light on now, 
Here's my rubbish. Take it away. Here's my darkness. Take it away. And he takes it away. At that moment, you're a Christian. And there are so many people who think they're Christians for whatever reason, baptised, grew up in church, um, or actually being active members of churches, um, but actually living, living in darkness, enjoying and indulging things that God says is wrong, that they love. They might have nice shiny exteriors, walking around, looking all good, but if they're inwardly living in darkness, uh, that's not being a Christian at all. So if that's you, if you need to knock the lights on, truly turn away from the darkness, live in the light of Jesus, um, life is on offer today. This is the story of this book. The story of this book, not just what it's, what does it do, doesn't it? The story, the overarching story from beginning to end is that God offers us life through Jesus. So just knock the floodlight on if you haven't already. And even if you're living as a Christian, fully stand in the light. Don't try and creep away to the darkness. Oh, we're so weak. Stand in the light. Jesus deals with darkness. That's like who he is. Um, So if you haven't switched the light on, just come to God. Say, I want to be in the light with you. Forgive me of all this darkness. And that's it. It's a one-time transaction. It will totally change you. You've got to give up your darkness. That's the, the cost. But you get life. You get real life. You get hope, real hope. And you get to be with the light giver of Jesus.